So you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get a little bit more sleep. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on this Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. You're still going to miss out on some things that we think are pretty important, like hanging out with us and other cool people who are also at church. You're going to miss out on the support and encouragement, the challenge, and the humor of gathered community. You're going to miss out on some great music, and you're going to miss out on all of the delightful snacks after worship. We can't give you any of that in a podcast, but we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a brand new age. We're your average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions each week. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home, or working, or sleeping in, or maybe you've traveled far away and we miss you, uh, and you're catching up with us, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening, we hope that you will receive it with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we encourage you to use your open mind to think your own thoughts. We don't expect that you will always agree with us. I mean, I expect you'll agree with us most of the time because we're pretty cool. But if you disagree with us, that's great. Keep thinking. Uh, All of this is just fodder for your imagination as you consider what you believe. And on this very particular day, our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So Chris, Mark 1, 21 to 28. Oh, I preached on that too. Oh, good. Oh, good. Oh, good. So this is the story mm-hmm. of Jesus going into the, the synagogue in Capernaum. Mm-hmm. and preaching and people saying things like well there's one guy who has a has a demon or an unclean spirit there's one guy who has a demon <laughs> you know he's just you know got his pet demon on a leash on a leash <laughs> yeah. yeah maybe it's his emotional support demon oh no let's okay. not go there let's not go there. i didn't know that they had domesticated cats in ancient <laughs> israel anyway unclean spirit whatever mm-hmm. and he cries out what are you going to do with us jesus of nazareth why are you here? And Which is super rude, interrupting the sermon. My goodness. I know. And Jesus rebukes him and says, come out of him. And, and it happens. And it happens. Right? And this is super relevant to our lives today because we all have, have the demons. demons. The end. The end. Okay. And now we give the blessing. <laughs> of course not. Of course not, right? You know, who is this guy who can teach with authority and you know, all these Yeah, because the thing that they were amazed about was not the casting out of demons. It was, wow. He really talks like he knows what he's talking, talking about. about. Yeah. That's not like our regular teachers. Right. I preached the sermon the Sunday after we got back from Lead oh, in yeah. Denver. That's when this was. I was reflecting with my congregation as I like to try and help them realize that I'm not off partying when I'm not that there. That you're doing so, work. Yeah. Yeah, that I'm actually working. I started my sermon talking a little bit about the Lead Conference mm-hmm. um, in Denver and, you know, talking about the kind of conference it is, that it's regular people and pastors and lay people who are giving these talks about things they've discovered in ministry and life. We'll put a link to the conference on the website. So go to sundaymorningsleeping.com, check out this episode, and there will be a link so you can learn more about LEAD if you are curious about it. If you're interested in going yourself, it's open to everybody. Yeah, because one of the things that I find most fascinating in the world is to listen to people talk about things they're fascinated about. 
Totally. And that's sort of what happens at LEAD is like, like the people who get up and give talks are like really passionate. And Here's excited. what I care about in the Here's world. Here's what I care about, right? And that's why you like that Alton Brown podcast. Oh, it's totally why I like the Alton Brown podcast. He didn't talk about cooking at all. He no. talks about what are you passionate about and let's talk about that yeah, for a while. Yeah, yeah. It's that same kind of concept. So as I reflected upon the experience of LEAD and then the intersection with the scripture, mm-hmm. I was reminded again, it's not like it's a new revelation, what it's like to receive a good word. Mm-hmm. And what it's like to hear and experience through that good word, liberation. Yeah. It's similar to that experience of when you you think you're alone in the world and then you share a story and somebody's like, oh, yeah, that happened to me too. Yeah. Or you read, you read an article or a book that just resonates with your own experience. And mm-hmm. so as I'm reading the scripture, I'm going, oh, yeah, a good word at the right moment in can, God's moments. Can free us. Can free us. So Jesus in Capernaum, entering the synagogue, preaching, and people take notice Mm -hmm. and listen. And Jesus gives them a good word. They're paying attention. They're like, whoa, right? And and we've had those experiences, whether it's in one-on-one conversations with somebody else. Maybe it has been in a sermon. Maybe it has been in an NPR story that... The driveway moment, right? Where we have to, we have to to finish the story. We have to finish the story. This American life does that to me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And in the midst of that, we see this reality that people hearing this heard liberation Mm -hmm. in that moment. This is where I stop and I, we have to have the conversation about demons and unclean spirits. (laughs) Oh, well, there's lots of interpretations of what that means. That's exactly what I said. Well, see, because I don't preach about devils very often. Yeah, there's not so much with the guy in the bad spandex suit, suit. walking around no, with the poker. No. And one of the, the, the commentaries I read talked about anti-human spirits, which I thought was an interesting way. Anti-human Human spirits. I'm like, oh. So I, I am a big fan. This might not be where you're going, but the, the detour I'll take us on okay. is William Carter wrote a book called Matthew in the Margins, mm-hmm. and it's... It's post-colonial look at the book of Matthew, which was is the people of Israel uh, under empire, right? right? Under the rule of empire. And so when he is interpreting demons, he interprets them as the expected consequences of living in empire. Ooh, so yeah. the over-congested populations, the health issues that go along with that, the psychological issues that mm-hmm. go along with that. So when he talks about demon, he talks about the negative effects of empire on hum- on humans, mm. on human spirits, and on human community. Yeah, that makes and sense. And that the casting out of demons then is addressing those, those that fallout, that those, right. con- those human consequences of living under empire. Yeah. And breaking the pattern so that a new pattern can take place. Right. And that's where I end up. Mm-hmm. But and we'll get we'll get Sorry. back to that. No, it's okay. No, I don't I don't use those words. So okay. it's, it's cool. But I, I see the connection. Yeah. Um, what I really wanted to say for my folks flat out, you know, it's like, we could have the argument about whether each of us believes in the personification of evil mm-hmm. of, of the guy in the red pants spandex suit, yeah. or, or the unclean, the, the spirits that can be cast out with a with a spell and sage and sage or whatever. Have you, you know, have you ever had anybody ask you for exorcism in your role as pastor? Uh, not exorcism, but I have done a house blessing because there was some unsettledness. Oh, okay. And it made a difference and it was a pretty powerful experience for me too. So, sure. but I said, but what I said is we could have that argument, but that doesn't help us understand this text. Right. Right. Well, I don't know, because like if we really say that you interpret scripture through the lens of your own experience and oh, yeah. reason, then I guess it makes sense to say, well, here's my experience, but it doesn't make sense to put modern lenses on ancient texts. Right. 
Well, and what I mean is like that you and I might have had a different experience of what speaks in this text mm-hmm. of this unclean spirit of, of the person who it could either be the person who's so filled with cynicism or it could be the other extreme of believing apathy or believing everything or believing that it's all that, you know, like everything like, is determined by God. Right. Right. Fatalism. So, fatalism. Right. Like, so it could be anywhere on that spectrum mm-hmm. or well, any other spectrum or any other spectrum we want to think about. Right. But it doesn't really get us anywhere to seeing that Jesus is really speaking to all of us where our burdens and our baggage and our hurts and dark places and our shame, where mm-hmm. we're carrying all of that. Yeah. And that's where it gets back to what you're talking about, like the natural consequences of empire. Like, because mm-hmm. I see those as very, very tightly woven. Totally real in our community as well, in our society, yeah. right? Like that we have all of the same, I don't want to say all of the same because our hygienics have gotten a lot better, you know, indoor right. plumbing and uh, city planning and things like that right. are a lot better in the but, modern age. But, but there's still the... Um, the imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. there's the projection, yep. there's the, the keeping up with the Joneses. Well, versus... and the, the real physical toil of living in poverty, mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's a lot yeah. of effects right. of living in the modern age that uh, in our particular systems that take their toll right. on your body, on your spirit, on your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and on I your think, relationships. Right. And like what always pops into my mind whenever I think about shame is my experience in the Central Valley. My experience in the Central Valley of California was is that there's a systemic shame, mm. an inferiority complex. Oh, yeah. No, there's a total, it's, I would almost call it like a victimhood. Right. We could talk for hours about where it comes from. Yeah. Because I think you and I are probably my, pretty similar on where that comes from. That's my community. That's where I, that's yeah. where I come from. Right. Oh, things are becoming clear for me. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, but it was really interesting because um, when I was in Hanford, I had a, there was a chaplain at the Naval Air Station, and he had he had really thought really hard about this stuff. It was really fascinating to talk to him because he really saw this so clearly. And I was like, oh, yeah. And, and that's the kind of stuff that manifests in our language sometimes as the kind of stuff we're talking about, of shame, of baggage, of, of resistance to change. Like, here's a man who's sitting in the synagogue surrounded by people who are in awe of what they are hearing, mm-hmm. who goes, wait a sec, is this out to destroy me? Yeah. Or is this for me too? Or is this for me too? And is willing to put aside perhaps his own cynicism yeah. and skepticism right. uh, long enough. Long enough. To experience a good word. Yeah. All of this is to say that all this stuff we've just mentioned is the stuff that gets us between us and the holy. Yeah. And it's real. And it wakes us in the night. Because perception is reality. It wakes us in the night and it causes us to act in ways that are not beneficial to our lives. Or to anybody else's life. Or to anybody else's life. Any of you done something that's not benefit? you know. Anybody ever done anything counterproductive before? Before. And they were all like, it was like, it was an entire congregation of head nods. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Totally. Because, and let me name for you all of those things that I have done. Right, right. In the last five minutes that are counterproductive. (laughs) You know, and I named out, I name out loud that these are the things that lead us into addiction. 
Mm-hmm. And these are the things that breaks our spirits and our relationships and empties our ourselves of our humanity and allows us, right? This is the stuff of nightmares. Well, this is the stuff that allows us to dehumanize ourselves and other people. Yeah. You know, this is the thing that makes you see the person in the car next to you, not as a human being who's also experiencing frustration with traffic, but as a car who is in your way. In your way, yeah. Right? I mean, and like all of those little ways that we, and, yeah. that we erase ourselves and erase each other. Right. The very part of us that causes us to think we're not worthy and that we're worthless. Mm. And the other is not worthy and they are worthless. Mm-hmm. And allows us to do that thing. And Jesus in this scripture says, gives a good word. He says, be silent and come out. Yeah. Be silent and come out. This is not true. It feels true. It feels real. Sit, sit with yourself for a minute. Sit with yourself for a minute. With those simple words, Jesus liberates the unclean man and liberates us. Yeah. And delivers us from oppression and sets us free. And that is so simple and so complicated. And so hard. Hard, right? Yeah, totally. And, you know, I mean, what Jesus sees in this man who's interrupting this flow, right? Like, we've all had those moments as preachers where the baby starts crying at just the wrong moment. Yeah. And we go, oh, uh, uh, right? And trip over our work, you know, try to get back in the groove. Yeah, to see the interruption as an opportunity rather than as a distraction. Definitely. Not to, you know, derail the needs of the community for the needs of the individual, but definitely to not ignore. Uh, We have several members of my church who, or of my community, who are mentally disabled, differently challenged. But Gina, who's one of these young women, she laughs at every joke. Yeah. She gets jokes the rest of the audience does not get. Yeah. Because she's really listening, you know? And so Jesus sees this unclean man as more than the uncleanliness. Yes. Right? Because I think that's what we tend to do, right? We see the brokenness. We see the hurt. We see the, right? Or we see, we see the, the thing that, that will suck our own energy out. Right. I, I was reminded that I just messed this up when I talked about Gina, that we're moving towards ability language or language that, that puts... The person, person first person language. Person first language. Right, so right. Gina, who also has, has. Yeah. And here's a, a man who also has an unclean spirit. Yeah. And aren't we all... As opposed to the possessed one. The possessed one. And that's his only dignifier. Whatever the demons are, the brokenness, the pain, he carries or holds or have hold of him. You know, mm-hmm. however we, however that language works for us, the man with an unclean spirit is still himself. And, and he, in the midst of our stuff, we are still us. Yes. Right. And he finds the agency mm-hmm. to let it go. Yeah. The reminder that our shame, our pain, our brokenness is not the defining factor of who we are. Yes. Amen. Can Amen. we just broadcast that to everybody in the world? Oh my like, God. do people, people are always like, well, church is all about forgiveness. And I'm like, yeah. Do you know how liberating forgiveness is? is? Right. Like to say that the worst part of you is not the only part of you. Yeah. The worst thing that's in your memory is not the thing that defines you forever. Right. Like that there's more. Yeah. But, you know, I, I feel conflicted about the story. I think I've shared it maybe on the podcast before about when what was essentially Good Housekeeping magazine in Germany uh-huh. during World War II did a biography of Hitler. Oh, uh-huh. And they described him as the guy who raises dogs and who's really nice right. to his neighbor and, who, right, you know, right, and right, right, who right. enjoys the occasional quilting episode, whatever it was. Right, right, like, but right. they, they humanized him. Mm-hmm. And uh, people felt really, really conflicted about that for obvious reasons because he was killing millions of Jews, mm-hmm. right. among other people. And the idea that, well, Hitler, yes, Hitler was a psychopath. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, not clinical. I don't know how to diagnose him clinically, but he was not a good person in a lot of ways. And it also wasn't all of who he was. That doesn't mean we allow him to get away with the bad stuff. Right, right. It doesn't mean that it just means that that's not the totality. Let those those things we're carrying or that have hold of us damage ourselves ourselves or others. Right. But it tells us there's a way there's a way out. There was a way out for Hitler and we didn't find it. And he didn't find it. Might have had lots of opportunities to find it, and for whatever reason. And the, and the good word, right, in this scripture boils down to there, none of us are condemned to a lifetime of the shame or pain or brokenness. Yes. Right. Jesus has come to destroy it. It might not be easy. It might be painful. You may have to cry out for it to go. I mean, in, in the process, right? Yeah. Like the man cries out. Like, well, you might need to seek help. You might need to seek help. Mm-hmm. There may need to be some medication involved. Yeah. You know, we're, we're open to all the options. But you can be free. Yeah. And it may be daily work. Yes. Like I think of uh, folks I know who are alcoholics. Mm-hmm. And it is daily work. They yes. can't be at a table with wine on it. Right. And others can. But they make that effort and that frees them. And Jesus has power over it all. The shame, the darkness, the baggage. Whatever diminishes you or misleads you. Because I think that's the other piece, right? We are often misled about who we are. Mm -hmm. So Peter Rollins says, we don't actually know what we believe. Mm. That uh, according to psychologists that he has read more about than I have, (laughs) that our consciousness spends active time Mm-hmm. protecting us from what we really believe because mm-hmm. we have to live with ourselves. Right. Right. And so we don't actually know what we believe unless we're really paying attention to the clues of how we behave. Right. But that our behavior betrays our beliefs more than what we think we right. believe. And, that, and that, so, yeah. yeah. And so to live into the belief that right. we are worthy might require paying attention to the behaviors that we have, have that the, make us think we're not. Yeah. And it also helps because I think another facet of this is we end up in relationships with people and we want to believe they're the best, but we also have to, you know, p- people tell us who they are with their actions and we have to believe them. Yeah. With, that's Maya Angelou, right? When people tell you who they, they are, are, believe them the first time. Yeah. Jesus has the authority to cast it out, to restore you, to set you free. And not just you, but all you meet, whose demons you don't know. Yes. Be gentle. Right. Um, and whose burdens stand in their way. Most people are doing the best they can. Yeah. yeah. Be gentle. Yeah. And then I um, close with a poem from Steve Garner's home. So it's a favorite of ours from January 25th. And it says, God, I do not know what burdens people carry, what demons they wrestle with silently, what triumph it may be for them to appear normal, to be decent, to show up. Give me compassion for each person, aware that spirits haunt us all. Give me grace to bless and not to judge to heal and not to hurt, even those who invite hurting. Free me from my own demons, my ego and its demands on myself and others. I do not know another's inner story, its landscape, its dark places, its villains. I don't know. I don't need to know. I only know your tremendous love, even for me and equally for them. Help me remember. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Susan. And thanks to you all for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to what we've been talking about today, if you have an opinion about demons, you know, walking around everyday life, shoot us an email. 
We're at Sunday Morning Sleep In at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Sunday Morning Sleep In, or on our website, sundaymorningsleepin.com. Every episode has its own post with lots of links to the things that we've been talking about, including the scripture, if you want to look it up and read it for yourself. The scripture for this podcast is Mark 1, 21 to 28. And the theme music that you're hearing right now is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. And the blessing, uh, the sending forth from this moment is to do that, to remember, to remember who you are, maybe to discover who you are, and to let go of those things that keep you from the holy and keep you from seeing others in their holiness. Remember that you are made and loved by an amazing God who can set you free. Amen. Amen.